previously on Ruining the Joke. Uh, we've tried to get you on for freaking uh, months and months, and man. That is not an accurate claim. This is, is the first request <laughs> that has ever been made. I'm going to tell you, one time I was standing beside uh, Kyle at the Laugh Factory, and he looks over, he's like, you want to, we should do a podcast talking about stuff. And I was like, yeah. And then he just turned away, and that was the last time he ever mentioned it. And I was like, was that a joke? Was he making fun of the idea of doing podcasts? Or did he want to do a pod? I don't understand what just happened. And then he started one with Kevin, and that was fine. And yeah. then, as soon as your podcast started, I was like, ah, I'm, no. And then I listened to your first episode, and it was great. And I told both you guys that I really liked it. And it was like, anytime you want me on, uh, you got it. And then, there, nothing. For like months, you're having other uh -huh. people on. And I think, oh, you know what it is? It's because you're too intimidating to them. And then, no, you just get like mixed in the middle somewhere. So now I know that I'm not at the top of the list and that I'm not too intimidating. You were and another thing. Let me tell you another thing. <laughs> Three weeks ago, awesome. Kyle says to me, you want to be on a podcast sometime in January? And I'm like, yes, definitely. At like 11, I get a text that's like, are we still good for 3 p.m. today? I'm like, what? 3 p.m. today? I would not have stayed up all night playing video games if I knew I was going to have to be clever and have color in my face today. And I got a terrible sleep last night. You know, I want to do a good job of this podcast. So I really feel like the pressure, and I do not feel like I've been put in a position to succeed. And um, that is all. Woo! See you after the break. We're back. Nice, we are back. All right. Are we recording? Can I start saying interesting things? Well, I don't want to be interesting before it's, uh, you know, counts. Yeah. For those that don't know, if Darnell's not on, like, being recorded, he, like, shuts down, like, a discarded Android. It's very creepy. Um, mm. assume he does that on his off time. Takes a lot of getting used to for my lovers. <laughs> but uh, if the camera's not rolling, I, I'm not involved. I realized I owe uh, the great Kyle Kniff an apology. Damn right. What did you do? No. I checked it. You did not say, do you want to be on this podcast sometime in January? You did say the second Sunday of January. So you did specify today. And I just forgot, knew that sometime in January I was going to be uh, a guest. But no, I'd I, I done you wrong. Mine says December 29th, but, and even then, that was a long time without, like, a warning. Yeah, that's when you messaged, though. You're like, how about the second Sunday in January? I was like, hell yeah. And I'll add another thing. This is a good lesson for you kids at home, maybe. <laughs> it did cross my mind to be like, no, I want to be in the room with you guys. You know, let's wait till I'm in the room, and we can have that exchange of energy, because I want it to be real good. But, yeah. you know, you kids at home, you got to know this. You got to get while the getting's good. And the getting was good. Does it not say in Proverbs, he who watches the wind will not sow, he who watches the rain will not reap? You've got to do when the opportunity arises. Can't wait for conditions to be perfect. Yeah. You no, I read, I read Is that, that where that comes from? I saw it in a yeah. Ziggy cartoon, but I guess it was in Proverbs <laughs> as well. So you know what else Solomon said? He said, there's nothing new under the sun. Doesn't that strike you that 3,000 years ago, someone was like, oh, it's all been done. There's it's no done, more yeah. originality. Yeah. 
We're all done. So I think of. So don't worry too much about being original. It's not that you're not original. It's that the concept of originality is a myth. So don't uh, overtly steal anyone's joke, but don't beat yourself up too much about yeah someone you know, has doing something that's never been heard before. before. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad we got you. So you I kids at home, just what? Sorry. I'm so gl- no. Please I'm... finish your uh, finish your uh, rant. Your uh, you put a bow. I, on I your... said the kids at home should feel free to steal bits. Oh, okay. <laughs> the golden rule of comedy don't take others material just do it do it yeah that's for it's for just go for it i'm glad we got you on for the thickest sewed ever yeah. and uh i'm glad we were able to get everything in here um when you first started there darnell and you're raring to go i thought yeah. you were going to talk about politics because i know you've uh you've spoken a bit about uh, some politics, so I'm like, oh, here we go, and then like it's all right, and so I'm so relieved. So much crazy this is going on in the world. I'm glad we were able to sit down and really hammer out probably our most in-depth comedy com uh, for this podcast. Uh, oh content. yeah, comedy is much more interesting. Politics is such an overrated concept. Yeah, I had a bunch of jokes prepared, but uh, I'll just go into the stage. <laughs> no, and I could sense is- that you were ready. I wanted to keep you off balance. Uh huh. Yeah, I also I also had like a whole notebook of uh, stuff prepped, and I I didn't even look at it once because I was just in the conversation, and uh, it's it's so easy to talk to you about that kind of stuff because yeah, that that's what we're supposed to be focused on. We're supposed to be focused on comedy when we're talking. I had a notebook full of stuff prepped, uh, like questions for you guys. You know, if you had no questions for me, like I was gonna say, Kyle, what's your favorite color? Uh, Kevin, what are the five worst uh, cultures? Go. <laughs> uh, okay, I need to think about mine, though. Yeah, you need to think about yours? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would say one of the worst cultures is uh, any culture that uh, feels its need to, like, prove itself to the other ones. Like, you don't need to do that. The, right. Like, I, I was actually thinking about this earlier. In, in the idea that, um, like, we want to get outside the idea of, like, race, but I don't ever want to get outside the idea of culture. Like, I want culture. I want history. I want that feel. Like, wherever you come from, tell me about it. But I yeah. don't care how you feel about those people in the other town because I don't agree with you because I don't know the people in the other town the, the same way that you do. That type of that type of mentality, but um, I was I was trying to because people um, get defensive about racism and being like you're erasing culture when you're when you're getting rid of defined race. If we're supposed to stop looking at race, are we supposed to get rid of tradition? Then are we all just supposed to become one homogenous beige people? And I think that part is wrong too. I don't think that's what we're trying to get rid of when we're trying to get rid of racism. I'm inclined to uh, largely uh, agree with you, um, and then I could start to like nitpick the area, but then we'd start to be what Kyle just said we don't want to be. Exactly. Exactly. Jokes. I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about jokes. I'd love yep. to do that in like a bonus up maybe one day. I would love to never be on record talking about that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go for it. Sign me up. I'll... Okay. All right. Oh, uh, Damn. Okay, let's let's pick a date. Let's pick the third Sunday in June. Okay, I'm writing down. That's when we'll. Do. I'll I'll remember. I won't okay. get surprised by this twice. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's what you say, Steve. 
<laughs> Third Sunday of June. Okay, that's pretty good. Uh, my favorite color is um, green. Good answer. You could have said oh, very committal. You want to hear a story about my great grandma that explains a lot about I don't know stuff. Yes, it'd be rude to say no. Oh. Okay, I'll try to keep it quick. <laughs> so in the old days, uh, you know, the doctor, when you lived in a farmhouse, the doctor would come to you when it was time to deliver a baby. There's no going to the hospital. So it was the winter time, and the doctor hitches up, probably the horse and buggy, or maybe even a sleigh, comes out to the old farmhouse. And the farmhouse was like the size of this, this room. It was the old days, you got to remember. Mm. So it was my uh, grandma who was being born, the fourth child. Um, and so the doctor goes into the room and checks on great grandma and he's like, okay, she'll, uh, she'll be a while yet. And then he goes, uh, closes the door and goes to have coffee and cake and discuss the news of the day with great grandpa. And so they have their coffee and their cake and discuss the news of the day for about 45 minutes. And then he's like, well, I suppose I should go check on the patient. And he opens the door and great grandma's holding a baby which she delivered quietly because she didn't want to interrupt the men while they were having their coffee. Huh. And wow. that I feel just says so much about like that side of the family and an attitude that I was very much raised with was whatever you do, don't bother anybody. And that is obviously can be a hassle for like, honestly, one of the main reasons I didn't start comedy younger is like, well, I don't want to, it's kind of obnoxious to think people should listen to you. I'm not going to get on stage. I don't want to bother anybody. And one time I heard uh, Sterling Scott say that one of the most, and this fortunately was near the beginning of my career, one of the key elements of being a comedian is you have to be willing to get on stage, grab the mic and say, everyone be quiet and listen to me. I am going to make your lives better. Everyone listen to me. And that kind of, I don't know if arrogance is the right word for it, but belief that you deserve the audience's attention. Um, it might not be true, but I do think it's useful. Yeah. And not everyone necessarily, there's, you know, many roads to Rome, but uh, I have found that a very, was maybe the best advice I've ever been given. Don't be shy about making people listen to you. And you're didn't come back to me, and that's good advice. Yeah. yeah, That's the thing, though. When you're on stage, you can't be shy. You yeah. can't you can't half ass it when you're up there. When you're up there, you've you've fucking got it. Act like you have their attention. Mm -hmm. Honestly, if anyone is trying to do comedy in Edmonton, Alberta, uh, and has any proximity with Sterling Scott, he's the fucking guy to um, pay attention to. He's one of the tip top performers in the entire nation, and I really don't know what audiences. Um, think when they see him or how much they um, acknowledge or appreciate what they have in front of them. He's, he clearly uh, stands out as a, pro. It's like, who flew this guy in every time? Yeah, I think as good as he is, he's still a diamond in the rough. And maybe maybe everyone, it, by virtue of being in Edmonton, is in the rough. But I don't know, man. Like, Sterling's one of my fucking favorites. Always will be. Mm -hmm. I agree. He, I encountered him like seven years before I started, maybe longer, maybe like eight years, nine years before I started comedy. I was like, I was hosting this show. Uh, it was like a rock and roll show. And I was just coming on and talking and making jokes in between the bands coming on, like very informally. And 
um, it was a rock slash comedy show, and Sterling was like actually the the headliner. So afterwards, he was like, "Hey, me and my friend, we we're doing it as a duo," and he was like, "Hey, you guys did a really great job," and he gave us his DVD and was like, "You guys should come to an open mic. That was really good." Mm-hmm. Um, I really and I only give these DVDs to the people that I respect. So I respected your art. So uh, you should come to an open mic. And like two weeks later, I was like, I should go to an open mic. And I messaged him, and he never messaged me back. And I was like, I guess he was just being polite. And then I never did comedy for another nine years. Oh, my God. So, <laughs> Maybe he's meant to be. So, Maybe he's meant to be. Yeah. You came out. Yeah, nine years. The, lesson, the lesson is don't, uh, you know, nobody's going to message you back, kids. You got to make it happen yourself. Nice. That's yeah, good. that was the thing though. It's like you just got to go to an open mic. He, you didn't. Yeah. He didn't. He didn't need to give you permission. I he just, just he just gave you the seed, planted the seed. I don't think that a lot of people know where they are, or even the idea that you can just show up. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. I I was lucky in that. That's all I fucking figured out was yep. the first time I went to go do Sam comedy. I just found an open mic in Edmonton. I don't even know how I knew about it. It was just at a bar that I I'd always known that this bar existed, and it was a bar that yeah. you go to a lot if you go to if you're in Edmonton. It was and one it of the was, most exciting you know, times, uh, I would say, the first year, right? When you just go into the I got bar, I got, got in like honestly I got in. Oh man, yeah. it's kind of feel like I for sure thought we were gonna. Sorry, sorry to cut you off. No, it's okay. I thought we were going to talk about this more, and we ended up not. We don't have to. But one thing that I have in common, I think, with Kyle is Simon Glassen, Glassman has told me that you and I are the two people most obsessed with the uh, hierarchy of comedy in Edmonton. Yes. He's like, it's not there. There is no hierarchy. It's, it's in, confidence. It's just it's, in your thank mind. Thank you. It's confidence. I think when uh, Simon hears the word hierarchy, he has a bunch of uh, his own associations of the definition involved. I'm think I'm talking more like a skill set and craft, and uh, I think it's a, it's a common talking point to be like there is no hierarchy, there is no uh, talent orientation, and that's not really um, entirely a, a fair sort of a assumption of what I'm. Yeah, I no, I mean I agree, and I think you can orientate it a few different ways. You can go strictly off of like who kills the most, or the way I typically do it is like in that my exists. own head. It, what sorry? That exists. Who kills the most is getting the jobs. And it's 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 ugly to look at because it's business. And I've heard people say, like, we shouldn't look about it, but like business. And probably publicly you shouldn't because it's just a bad thing to yeah. start to get tangled up with. I think that when I talk uh, um, um, sort of like uh, confidence, incompetence uh, about like uh, how to navigate the system, it is incompetence. Yeah. And it is sort of like, uh, what do you make of it? Maybe I've said it publicly. I don't know. I might be talking about my, but it's something I find really fascinating and a, a worthwhile of like discussing, not because to say who's better, who's where did it yes. rank? It's to say, how do you navigate that? What does it mean? Yeah. It's probably like if you're in a hockey team, you're going to say like, well, Marco's doing really good with his stick handling. He's made the captain. What is he doing? That's kind of where I'm. Yeah. So, I mean, you're to paint it as like a, about it. to paint it mm-hmm. as like obsessed over power i guess is the angle that's kind of disingenuous and i i like sami i'll probably tell him that <laughs> in those same words no i mean he said it. it wasn't like hey let me tell you a criticism of kyle it's just because i've brought it up before he's like it's fucking you and oh, kyle okay. You're, okay. you guys would want to i'm the other guy who's always like uh what are the tears of like at some point i think i joked that the crown of comedy was to determine the king of the third tier of Edmonton it's comedy simon. It's simon anyway <laughs> yeah 
I would say. And uh, anyways, I think they're right. And the thing that it determines, like, who are you talking? And one of the, I don't know, I'd actually be interested in you guys' uh, opinion on this because I feel you're a little more ahead of me in this sense. One of the decisions that I've made over the last month or two is to be less shy with comedians that I think are above me. Because when you start, and I think this is good, you want to be humble. You don't want to insinuate yourself where maybe you haven't earned the spot. But at a certain point, it's like, I know these people. Maybe we're not necessarily best friends, but I don't need to be shy around them. I don't need to pretend like we don't have an established relationship. And I can socially assert myself a little bit more. And I guess I'm trying to do that, which has nothing to do with comedy. But realistically, that is a practical part of, like you said, navigating the Edmonton comedy scene. Is who knows you? Who likes you? Who is going to give you a call when they have a spot? And it's not that you're trying to, like, Nobody likes the people, like your Will Hannigan episode had some good stuff on this. Nobody likes the people who are trying to hobnob their way to the top. You want to be, get to the top by being funny. But you want yeah. your – it's good to be friend. Like, to be honest, it's not just about facilitating your career. It's good to be friends with the people that you see at all these things, or at least friendly. Yeah. So I'm making a conscious effort to be less shy. Yeah, that's um, always good. Yeah. Which leads to me, uh, to be honest, drinking more, which is one of the dangerous parts of the comedy scene. <laughs> I don't know. I'd say like a year is like enough time to like after a year, I don't want to put a set number on it, but like a year of like struggling on your own would be yeah. like, if you're not talking to everyone after a year, maybe it's time to just say hello. Yeah. That's no, right. definitely say hello. Um, yeah. That's one thing that I, re I really want to talk about um, because like I felt it in like other cities and I haven't traveled too much for comedy. I don't want to make it seem like I've been all around, but like I've been to other places with much larger scenes, like much, like a lot more performers than Edmonton because effectively like Edmonton has what, like less than 200 stage performers for, for stand -up comedy might, might even be less than 200. It might be around a hundred people that are consistently going to the mics getting the spots doing the weekends at the clubs and getting getting the stage time that you would consider to be the limelight of the of the stage it's a very compact scene i'd say a hundred but i'd put a caveat uh to that they would have to perform at least once a year then i would say a hundred yeah yeah so it's it's a very tight-knit sort of concentrated community whereas i've gone to other cities and there's a total disparity between the pros and and the amateurs like the people just starting and like the open micers is like they don't even intersect whereas in edmonton uh everyone has to do all the shows because that's all there is so if you are a comedian doing it this is your fifth night on stage you might share the stage with some of the best talent in the country without even fucking knowing about it. And that's yeah. what sort of forces us into this weird, like, secret cult of comedy. If you go into the green rooms, if you go into the back rooms and you can be friendly enough and introduce that's yourself and get onto that yeah. sort of, like, social aspect, you're talking to people yeah. that have years and years and years of experience in the industry that you want to be in it's it's limitless potential uh to learn from yeah. uh like a like a hive mind of experience it's mm -hmm. 
strange and i don't want to say it out loud because it's like it's one of the best secrets things of our community it's so cool to get into a, like a back room and have someone fucking go off about comedy i agree yeah i agree i think that connects to something again not to keep going back to your past uh, podcast one of the most interesting things in the Brittany campbell podcast was she was talking about doing uh halifax open mics and you'd see all these like stars of canadian television would routinely drop in and one yeah. of you was like it must have been so cool to see all the best like these are top level comedians and she kind of went eh. <laughs> as in, which actually makes total sense to me because not that they're not good it's just just because you're famous out of Halifax or out of St. John's doesn't necessarily mean you're better than anyone from Edmonton. It's that Halifax and St. John's are both connected to the CBC pipeline. And CBC, like this hour is 22 minutes, yeah. especially when it started. Whatever you think of it now, it was a legitimately great show and was an actually culturally relevant Canadian television show, which is hard to pull off. And it did have four great comedians, but they were all from the same area of St. John's, a city of 150,000 people. It wasn't that they were the four best comedians in canada it's that they somehow found a way to get the spotlight shone on their community and that rising tide lifted all boats and i think edmonton's got a strong enough comedy scene that it feels like we should be able to do that much like yep. seattle when their music scene took off seattle yeah. had some i mean it helped that they already had a bunch of great bands that hadn't gotten famous yet that was half the thing there was great bands in Chicago. There was great bands yeah. in Houston. All it would take is that... one Netflix uh, special or like one Canadian, yeah, exactly. even like Canadian mini doc just to show this totally. crazy. It's something Vice if would we... do back in the day. Uh, yeah. I guess with Canada, that's all it would take. And we're primed to take off, man. And yeah, I, I agree. Canada, Canada's so broad. It's like, honestly, I don't know how to do this. It's not like screw Calgary, but like, yeah, the Edmonton comedy scene's really good. We need yeah. to figure out a way to become like San Francisco in the '60s or whatever. Suddenly, like yeah. this is the out of nowhere. This is the place. Like Vancouver, Montreal, Toronto. Those will always be the places. Like New York, LA, same thing. But all of a sudden, some yeah. random town just becomes the place. Sometimes, like I said, like Seattle was a really good example in the early '90s. We could be the place. It would take yeah. momentum yeah. of a documentary, and uh, the heck, even the grindstones. It might be uh, worthwhile to convince them to engage in making like Edmonton comedy scene uh, project because they they have. Uh, connection to film crews and maybe grants it would have to be a grindstone flagship which is fine maybe actually um, um, uh, appropriate post-covid but uh, it's certainly something that is primed to take off if done right mm -hmm. yeah yeah i think well yeah the, the grindstone is honestly one of the best things that's come to the edmonton comedy scene and out of the edmonton comedy scene in like the last uh i don't know i don't know i don't want to put a date on it um, because the grindstone's great. I'm so happy that we have an independent club that is a nonprofit and only focuses on doing shows that they want to promote. Like they don't do a show if they don't want to do it. So there's like sketch, there's, uh, there's musicals, there's, um, improv. There's so much improv. And like, I hate improv. I cannot enjoy improv. I've tried to, it's one of my things that i keep coming back to and maybe i'll like it this year i fucking hate improv but i'll i'll keep trying to like it um one of my dirty little be, secrets is i really enjoy improv i like improv too yeah. uh, well, i've i've seen good improv a couple times and i love it i love it when i do see good improv but i just don't 
engage with it um, as much as I want to. That's I think that's the thing that I uh, as I want to like it more than I do, and that's what yeah. makes me so upset. <laughs> I agree. That's how I. Uh, yeah. You know, I think I remember yeah. to call it once uh, comedy always seems to end off to like the improv topic. I think the conversation's full circle. I will say one thing about, yeah, go ahead there, uh, Steve. Sorry. Oh, I was going to say, I also like magic. People make fun of that. I think magic's super cool. Uh huh. No, magic is at the bottom of the totem pole and then improv and then comedians. And there's way worse stuff that's somehow above. Interpretive dance should be at the bottom. Uh-huh. I think magic is hella cool. And improv sucks when it's done badly, but it's awesome when it's done well. And it's always it's almost always super fun to do. So, I yeah, I don't know why improv gets ripped on so much. I'd get on the stage if I could. That's also something that people keep telling me to do is, like, you have to do improv. Like, I've only – I've only, my opinion of improv only exists from an audience member point of view. So um, uh, some people in my life have encouraged me uh, – relentlessly to to do improv to start doing improv i get that impression about jazz like jazz sucks to listen to but i think it's probably the most fun kind of music to play they seem like so which is why i think jazz is actually fun live is you can see how into it they are but if you listen to a recording of jazz you're like, this is terrible then you watch yeah. them doing it and they're so into it yeah. improv's kind of the same i bet i get to okay i'm gonna call it guys I love that you came on, Stephen. I love that uh, we got this pod, and uh, I'm so glad. Hey, who's a couple guests uh, we should get on? Just two. That you uh, have wanted us to talk. Leif, about. you should get yes. on Leif yep. and uh, Cindy Rivers. Yeah. 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 Two of those Cindy people, uh, those were floated. We got a. I would like to apologize to everyone who just didn't get mentioned and was hoping maybe I would mention them. I'm sorry. I know it hurts. I've been there. But uh, <laughs> I love you also. Okay. I can't Just start naming them though. Episodes. Okay. I can't start naming them. Okay. Cheers to the thickest sode where you've ever done. Three, I warned two, you. One, cheers. Yay. Okay. <laughs>